0: He's Christian. He's Jimmer. This is two PTs and a bag of chips. An amazingly looking of potatis chipsalade.
1: That's a good accent. I like that. It's my best Swedish. So we're going to review the IKEA potatis chip salada No, saltada. There's a T. Saltada. Uh, thank you, Aiden Bosman. And then we're going to discuss hamstring injury. Should we just get our pet peeve over... Right away, yeah. Was, right from the get-go. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Get,
0: get it over with. If, if I hear one more announcer on TV say, "Oh, that looks like a hamstring," oh, yeah, I want to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, but... Yeah, because you don't.
1: He's got a, got a hamstring. Everyone's got a hamstring.
0: Everyone's got a bunch of hamstrings. Yeah. Everyone's hamstrung. It's it's just interesting that
1: that that's kind of led a life of its own. It has. Or ooh, looks like he's got a knee. He totally's got a knee. Definitely, definitely that was got like that. A Amy. Anyway, got that on
0: my chest. Now we're good to go. Hamstring,
1: three main parts: biceps, femoris, which kind of makes up one half of it, and then you have semimembranosus and semitendinosus, which makes up the other half.
0: Yeah, if you bend your knee, you feel these little guitar strings in the back of your knee. One on the outside, one on the inside. The outside's the biceps. The inside's your semitendinosus and membranosus.
1: Fantastic! Fantastic! That was it. Alrighty, thanks for listening to I nah. <laughs> Just Kidding. So I mean the biggest injury you see here will be a pulled hamstring or, or a strain, which is which is some form of tear, generally small. But you can have bigger ones. In fun cases we'll see lots of black and blue and a can, fair amount of bleeding. can be quite
0: impressive, yeah. You can have uh you can have a small relatively benign hamstring tear look amazingly impressive with a tremendous amount of bruising and bleeding and and be uh, be up and running again in two, two, three weeks. More often than not, it's the opposite, though.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look that bad. Maybe a little black and blue down near the knee, usually. And it can linger. It just in, in will not cases.
0: heal. It is It is one of the tougher injuries because it's so hard to rest it.
1: Yeah, the biggest issue with it is prior injury to your hamstring is the biggest indicator of future injury to your hamstring. So... Once you have one, it's really, really important that you make sure you don't try to race back. If you feel okay, you go back too soon. You haven't done everything you needed to do to to let it heal up. Because once it becomes chronic, it it definitely can stick with people for a long time. A long time. Yep. And you'll see it a lot in... um in the pro athlete
0: world where mm-hmm. somebody pulls a hamstring, makes a miraculous comeback in six weeks, ready to go and the first time they really push off um, they're on the ground again, ready to go over so it's 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 something that you, you want to take your time rehabbing and making sure that you're 110% before you make a return to sports
1: yeah, In most cases, running is going to be the Number one cause. You, I mean, you see it a lot in sprinters. You see it a lot in, you know, field sport athletes. But the thing that's the most damaging is kicking sports. So, rugby, soccer, football kickers, punters, MMA stuff, kickboxing, any kind of kicking injuries is not nearly as common, but the injuries are substantially more damaging, and they take a lot longer to come back from in most cases. Jimmer saw a lady here several years ago now who uh, attempted to to kick an, an attacker. Was in self-defense, yes. And that led to one of the more impressive discolorations of a leg. I don't think I've ever seen a thigh that black and blue
0: after um, after she came in. But yeah, that was quite impressive. And, and I think in a lot of cases it's the the abrupt So the more impact you try to create um, at the time of injury, the more impressive the injury becomes.
1: That's why sprinters, I mean most runners you don't see it as much with if they're maintaining a relatively steady pace. It's it's change of pace that that will, and particularly increasing pace, that will tend to be the bigger cause. The bigger destructive factor, yeah. yeah. Uh, The other things that that play a big role in kind of predisposing is poor warm-up is always a huge one. If you stand around and do nothing for a while, as in baseball, and then you go to make a a sprinting action, that's a move that can definitely bother a lot of people. Inadequate strength or just a disproportionate strength. Uh, Disproportionate strength would be relative quad to hamstring strength. Typically we talk about a 2 to 1 ratio, so your quad should be kind of twice as strong as your hamstrings. And if that ratio isn't there, that has also been found to be a a predisposing. Either your hamstring is stronger than that or or your your quad is weaker or your hamstring is substantially weaker is another one of those things that is important to look at and not just focus on just strength of one or strength of the other.
0: And I think one of the things that we frequently run into is that once people find out that their hamstrings are weak – they start training their hamstring concentrically, meaning they're doing lots of machines where you curl the hamstring, uh, training it in a concentric way, making a muscle that is prone to be in tight, even tighter. And in a functional way, we use our hamstring more eccentrically as a controlling force for our quad and a stabilizer for the knee. So if you train that muscle to only work in a shortening way, and you're asking it to control movement and stability in a lengthening way, it won't know what to do. And that's probably the most common cause of of a hamstring tear is a muscle that's very adapted at at shortening, but not knowing how to control and stabilize forces eccentrically.
1: In terms of sort of prevention or recovery or, or prehab or whatever you want to call it, Uh, We spend a lot of time working on eccentric control. And so as Jimmer said, that's lengthening while it's contracting. One of the most common ones is something called the Nordic hamstring. You've probably seen these all over the place. They have a new version, a modified version of that called the Razor. Uh, We'll put these up this week on the social media so you can see what we're talking about exactly if you don't know already. And uh, generally the same rules apply. I mean, there's a lot of people with weakness in their hips that results in... Over-firing of the hamstrings for, for control purposes. Uh, fatigue is another one that happens. Uh, you may just be out of game shape, and that leads to some issues also down the road. So things, things to be careful of, things, things to watch out for. And then we always work on, on balance, lower extremity, balance, and proprioception, and just making sure you know your body knows where it is so that it makes sure it fires the right muscles and the right sequences and that kind of stuff. So proprioception, meaning the the ability of your hamstring and your quad to work together,
0: um, stabilizing the joint and knowing where your body is in space. How's a good
1: word, proprioception? It's a fun word. I like that. No, that we was get... well used. For us, at least here, we tend to see it mostly in, in the high school athlete uh, or just, just the, the youth athlete that, that plays a lot of sports. And uh, in that age group, there's usually a lot of growing going on. And so what happens is, is that the muscles aren't quite as capable at controlling these bones that are growing quicker than you can kind of gain the strength. And so that leads to some issues. And that's why we spend a lot of time working on proprioception in that age range, just to make sure that kids aren't discoordinated Everybody, you'll still be a little weak. Yeah, everybody
0: knows the 15-, 16-, 17-year-old super athlete who goes through a later growth spurt and trips over his own feet, you know, all of a sudden can't touch his toes anymore and becomes kind of this gangly, clumsy until he grows back into his body again. So yeah, hamstrings and and calves, there there are certain muscle groups in your body that have a propensity to be extremely tight. And tight is the wrong word. I should not use the word tight. They become hypertoned, which means they're very good at contracting, not very good at relaxing. And if you've listened to our stretching episode, and I won't go into big detail here, but doing aggressive hamstring stretching is not usually the way to lengthen your hamstring working on eccentric hamstring lengthening is the way to get better, um, a better mobility in your hamstring, but also better stability, and like Christian just said, better proprioception in that muscle. Um, So for those of you who've been stretching your hamstrings for
1: decades, please stop. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we'll see kind of in the older population is usually more at sort of in the buttocks. So it's almost like a Proximal hamstring tendonitis, kind of a thing. I don't know research-wise what's going on there, but but a lot of people will have that problem if they've had issues like in their youth. They were they were avid runners in their twenties, and and now they're in their fifties and sixties, and they still have the same kind of pain going on.
0: Yeah, so I think sometimes if you if you get that chronic hamstring tendinitis right at the ischial tuberosity, um, that could be because of poor mechanics. So if you've always led by bending your back, stabilizing your hips with your hamstring, and all of a sudden you start losing mobility in your back and you start to gain that mobility elsewhere, you can see that that type of tendinitis that you were talking about. Or most often it's tendinosis. It's a, it's a more much more chronic problem. Um, right at your, what they call the sit bone mm-hmm. in Pilates.
1: Yeah, so that's the bone what you'd sit on on a bicycle seat, reach to your buttocks and you feel the bony portion there. That's what we're talking about. The other thing we, we see sometimes with hamstring injuries is that it's not the hamstring at all. It's coming from your back. So this may be, you know, sciatica type or, or just some other kind of ridiculopathy thing, and it'll feel like a hamstring injury. And in those cases, that just takes some differential diagnosis, and then we go more into our abdominal stabilization, hip stabilization kind of stuff. But that's that's not quite as common.
0: No, and, and the hamstring is, is it's pretty easy to differentiate, right? I mean, you'll have tenderness to the touch. There won't be referred pain. There won't be much pain shooting down into your calf. Uh, It's all localized pain. So even if you don't have any bruising, because that's not necessary. I mean, you can have some impressive bruising, but we see a lot of hamstring pulls or tears or sprains or strains that that do not show any discoloration at all.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you may not even feel like a palpable defect where you feel some kind of lump or, or depression or anything like that going on in there.
0: Yeah, that's generally speaking the exception to the rule, mm-hmm. right? There's usually not not any kind of change noted on palpation.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the hamstring injury summed up there. We're hamstrung by the hamstring. Yeah. Still not sure what to call them hamstrings, but we, we all try, know what we, they
0: are. We, we tried to figure that out and um, we figured out Achilles. He's a demigod. Achilles is a demigod. I don't think hamstring was a demigod. I don't yeah. even think he was a quarter god.
1: No, because nobody got dipped in the river, whatever, from their their hamstring. Their hamstring. Well, hamstring would have been dipped in the river from his hamstring.
0: Yeah. I think Christian had it right earlier when we were talking about Mm. it might be related to um, ham. Ham. The pig. Yeah. If you know the answer why it's called hamstring, shoot us an email. Text, InstaSnap, chat face. We'd love that. We'd love that. Reach out to
1: us. We appreciate it. Trivia time. Trivia time. So, last week's trivia question, originally from Quebec, what food comes from the French slang word for mess? Probably one of the better
0: meals on the planet. One of my all-time favorites.
1: In terms of flavor, in There's, terms of health, it's pretty low on the health chart. Yeah. You, you, should, you probably shouldn't eat it every day. Suggested not to eat every yeah. day. Yeah. But the answer is, can I say, oh, yeah, my favorite word. Poutine. Delicious. Poutine. Well well done, Stacy. Well done, Meg.
0: Fantastic! Who doesn't like? If you don't know what poutine is, by the way, it's uh, French fries with gravy, cheese curds, and whatever else you want to dump in there—chicken, bacon, carnitas.
1: Yeah, the the gravy can is typically like a a brown or darker gravy, but you can get everything, anything you want. There's a place downtown, Euclid Hall.
0: Has duck confit poutine. hmm Delicious. Really good. You can also
1: get a vegetarian, so they do mushroom. You think I get a free duck poutine since I it's, mentioned them. If anybody there listens, we'd we'd love to yeah. come down. And yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> give them a call and send them a little sound bite. There you go. Uh, this week's trivia. Uh, this is kind of an alteration on a question we ask pretty often, but uh I think it's more fun this way. More interesting this way. But what is the driest place on Earth? As in volume of rainfall. Place with the least amount of rainfall on Earth. Yes, that would be driest. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, not not the continent, or, or, but a place, a specific place.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah a specific place. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 absolutely. Not a country or... No, and inside news, it hasn't rained there in more than two million years. That's a long time. I don't know how they know that, but...
0: Well, they probably have rain gauges from back then. There's an old that guy Just a really old guy with a long beard <laughs>
1: hanging out. It's yeah. Still no rain. Chip time. Chip time. So the IKEA, Potatis chip saltara,
0: Loosely translated to potato chip salted, because that's what it says underneath
1: it. Yeah, that sounds. it sounds like that's what it is. <laughs> so thank you, Aiden. We really appreciate it. Yes. So, so this tra- came in at 50% chip-to-air ratio. The chip is a... Uh, it's a good looking chip
0: yeah they look uh, they look like uh, the chips that have the you started already i'm still talking That have the potato peel still on the outside i like mm-hmm. that i don't know why i just find it it looks appealing an excellent crunch for a thin chip not overly salted it's a great beer chip it's a
1: classic salted potato chip
0: yeah simple yet delicious if you're not looking for uh, anything out of the ordinary, like ghost pepper or avocado or whatever. Yeah. yeah you're going just a plain good salted potato chip. This one's going to work.
1: Yeah. They're good. I'm going one thumb. Nothing yeah.
0: special. And they're not supposed to be special, right? they are supposed to be eating with... Uh, yeah. Instead of popcorn. Because everybody hates popcorn.
1: That's disgusting. Popcorn. My kids love popcorn.
0: I'm going to give it one thumb as well. But... Mm-hmm. A very, a very yummy chip. Way better than most uh, plain salted potato chips.
1: I think I still like the Trader Joe's ones more. Really? I think so. Maybe one day we'll chip them off, but uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. There was one piece left. I got that. There you go. Well, there's a full bag left on me.
1: My dad's birthday's coming up, so just happy birthday, pup. Ooh, van harte gefeliciteerd! Thanks for listening today. Next week, we're going to go over stress fractures. Ooh, lots to talk about there. And we are going to review the kettle brand Maple Bacon Chip, which was hand-delivered from Canada by our good friends, Stephanie Grover and Kim. Way to go, Steph and Kim. If you like the show today, tell a friend, follow, review, subscribe. Anyone looking for more information about this topic, follow us on the Instagram and or Twitter throughout the week. For information on Rebound Therapy, check out our webpage, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.